0: Hey, what's up, you guys? This is Tori Kravitz, joined by my co-host, Alicia Toot, and welcome to Not Fest She's with the Bands. Today, we are joined by progressive metal powerhouse Chaney of Entheos. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing great. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me, you guys.
0: Yeah, dude. So happy to have you here with us today. You know, obviously doing a bit of our research on you and knowing your music uh, for quite some time. You are just such a role model in terms of being you know incredible businesswoman musician and just role model for women in the metal scene so thank you for you know not only being amazing but for taking the time to chat with us today
1: yeah of course and thank you for the kind words
0: <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> um well kind of getting into this here you know being in a more heavy metal band i find it kind of interesting right how there's this i don't know like mystique and just shock around Wow, I can't believe she can scream like that and sing like that. That's insane. And at the same time, it's like, well, of course we can. Of course we can. (laughs) So, my first question here for you to jump right into this is why do you think that there's such a shock factor around what you do, despite the fact that it is becoming more common?
1: I mean, I just think that, you know, this, the type of vocal, it, I think, I guess outsiders would perceive it as being like more of a manly thing just because it's like a low screaming voice. And I guess that's where the shock value is. I mean, like you said, it's becoming more common, but that's only within metal. You know, anyone who's not hip to metal probably isn't like as, as into, oh, women do this as well. But you know, I think it's just because of the sound it's, it's a primal beastly, like war battle type, type vocal. So I guess that's where the surprise comes from. I mean, you know, to me, it's never been surprising because I've known that I've I've known that women have done this for a very, very, very long time. So it's always interesting to enter that that like frame of mind. But I guess that's why.
2: Yeah. I remember trying to scream for the first time and just messing up my throat so badly. So in a sense, I know you said you didn't surprise yourself in terms of knowing other females could do this, but did you surprise yourself thinking, wow, I can do this extremely well? Because I know it takes some practice to actually hone that craft.
1: Yeah. And in all honesty, at the beginning, I didn't do it extremely well. So it was like you know, <laughs> it's a learning process like anyone else. I remember when I started doing vocals, I would give myself a headache. I mean, I started when I was 13 and that was 20 years ago. So when I was 13, there wasn't, there weren't like all of the tutorials and it wasn't as common knowledge, like what good and bad technique was and all of that stuff. So it was kind of like every man or woman for themselves. And I had no idea what I was doing when I began. And I still honestly don't really know what I'm doing. I'm just kind of learning (laughs) as I go, you know? So it, it was surprising. It was sort of like a high school, party trick type thing like oh yeah Oh, Chaney can scream she can make this weird noise do it Chaney <laughs> <laughs> so the, so over time that developed into I guess now my career uh uh-huh. all based off of that that one thing yeah
0: did you find it challenging to find the resources to learn when you were so young? And, you know, I'm sure there's this bit of resistance here and there of, oh, but you're a girl, you can't do that, or I'm not going to teach you. Did you find that those kind of things were happening? Or what was your process of actually honing this craft?
1: You know, there, that wasn't even really on my radar, like finding out the proper way to do it. Really, for me, it was just going to local shows or, you know, imitating the people who I was listening to and mm-hmm. kind of just honing it over time and, and s- slowly over the years, unlocking different voices. I never had like a a teacher and, and the internet, YouTube wasn't a thing even back then. Right. So only really the only resource was Melissa Cross's uh, Zen of screaming. And that was hard oh, yeah. to find because it was on video. So it was like this coveted thing that, you know, yeah. I just, couldn't find anywhere but like proper technique it just it wasn't on my radar so it was just a thing that over time I I slowly started to understand oh I think I'm doing this right it doesn't feel bad I'm not getting those headaches anymore and my voice sounds kind of good so I did that and then I got into bands and playing live was really that's that's where I honed my craft for sure
2: we know how much of this can be trial and error, so kudos to you for actually sticking with it and just doing that <laughs> DIY route. Like that's just so badass to see. And there you actually mentioned different voices, and the band definitely has a unique voice for sure. As you draw elements of groove, electronica, there's goth rock, even jazz is thrown into this progressive death metal, and it's just such an eclectic yet fascinating sound to create it. So it truly seems like there's no compromise within your music and everything that you kind of put your mind to. So where does that confidence come from within this approach to to your tunes?
1: I don't really know. <laughs> I, don't, I think that honestly what it more is from just like, you know, we got a bunch of weirdos together in a band who really like to play all of those different types of music. You know, our uh, our influences are vast and unique. And we, we don't strictly draw influence from one genre of metal or even even metal only. And, you know, so it was really just getting us as people into a band together and that's where all of that stuff comes from you know Naveen who is our main songwriter is very he he was in Animals as leaders he was in Animosity so those are two different you know Animosity is like a super groovy like death metal band Animals yeah. is like you know one of the leaders of I guess we would call it the gent progressive movement right. at this point and then Naveen quit Animals and and had an electronic project so a lot of his influences came into that I listen to a ton of, like, goth-type stuff, you know, typo and all of that shit is my, my jam. So – and and Evan, our bass player, it's like we just got all of these unique minds together, and uh, that's really where the eclectic sound of our band comes from. I think just drawing influence from all – being obsessed with music, really. Oh, yeah.
0: That's where it's got stem I can- from. <laughs>
1: yeah. What did you say?
0: No, it that- also
1: – Go ahead, Alicia. Go,
0: please. (laughs) Well, there's so much confidence, of course, in the music and the influences and being able to just fully embrace and rock that. And I think that confidence also from what I've learned about you really does transfer as well into the business side. I think that's a part of you know, fans of the band may not think about the fact that at the end of the day, this is your livelihood and your business. And there's so much that happens behind the scenes that you have to be confident in as well. And you've been very Mm -hmm. hands on with that, from what I've understood, as far as understanding finances, understanding label contracts and growth strategies, all these things that come into play. So what do you think are some of the most key skills that women who want to succeed in this industry without relying on others should have?
1: Uh, I mean, I think that you brought up a really good one, which is learn about finances. That's not something that any of us ever care about when we get into music (laughs) at all. Like, I mean, I I accepted from the beginning, I play a super niche genre of metal. I never expected to even make a dollar off of playing music, you know, so uh, that's not something you prepare for. And um, when it comes to who you're giving your money to. Uh, how much of a cut you're actually getting, budgeting before tours, being smart about, you know, when to bring in people to work for your band, when to get management, when to get a booking agent. All of these things are really important to learn about, because at the end of the day, I think it it may seem like you're working for all of these people as an artist, but in reality, The people are working for you and you really sort of have to become like a savvy business person in order to see your band succeed on a long term for the long term, because, you know, you can get a really awesome contract from a label when you're 19 years old and not really know what to do with it. And then for the rest of your life, you're bound to this contract and you're not really making money off of your band. So I think now more than ever, the resources are available. You can go on YouTube and you can learn about management. You can learn about every aspect of being in a band, how to make money off of Spotify, how to make money owning your own music, owning your masters and all of that stuff. So it's really important to me to kind of educate yourself as far as all of that stuff goes, because that can be the make or break factor in your band. And I've seen many amazing bands fall off because they just couldn't afford to keep going and that's like you know it's one of the saddest things to see this art artistic amazing creative thing just stop because they can't afford to keep going but it happens all the time in metal I mean you know we see band members switch out of metal bands all the time and a lot of the time that has nothing to do with the the inner emotions of the band it has more to do with at a certain point people have to decide whether they want to go and get a real job and provide for their family or continue kind of like doing the band thing and and figuring that out as they go. So I think that the more well-equipped you are to deal with all of that stuff, um, the better off you'll be in the long run. And I honestly feel grateful that I had Naveen and Evan, my band members, around me because they've been in bands before and they kind of knew the business. So I don't uh, I don't know what it would have been like had I not had, um, you know, educated people around me because you just like I said, you just don't prepare for any of that stuff. You don't you just want to play music. We all just want to get out there and rock. So right. So that stuff for sure, I think, is really important. It's
2: yeah, very simple on the, very simple on the surface. Right. But there's so many layers,
1: <laughs> so many, so many. And, you know, you find out new stuff all the time. It's all kind of a learning process through the trial and errors of being in a band. Mm -hmm. Uh, You learn when you go to Europe how much it costs as an American band to go to Europe. It costs a ton of money and it's just a bunch of stuff you wouldn't even imagine when you start off doing this.
2: Something that's also very difficult to not only uphold, but also learn for yourself, just speaking to that, especially as a female in the spotlight is confidence. I know we can all (laughs) relate to this. And your new single absolute zero reflects on a life changing scooter accident that you were in, which just resulted in plastic surgery over your face with hundreds of stitches going there. So I I can't even imagine having to experience that. And another thing other than almost losing facial features would be. Just the concern of what happens to my voice so I would love to know just how important was songwriting as a therapy and that vice when it came to this experience
1: oh my god it's you know throughout my entire life songwriting lyric writing has gotten me has made me able to deal with situations that have arose because I can writing is super cathartic I can get it all out in songwriting and for the accident that you're talking about in particular, we had just started tracking the the album that we're now rolling out. And uh, we went out and celebrated because we were so stoked on a vocal part that we had recorded. And uh, Naveen and I went out and celebrated and I got in the scooter accident. So it prolonged the writing process. And um, it essentially changed a lot of things about the lyrics on this album. And the whole album became about healing from that going through all of the things that you were just talking about. Like I, I didn't really know if I was going to be able to do vocals to the same effect as before. And it was super, you know, at that point you start dealing with all of this stuff. That's like, well, I'm not, a, I am a vocalist, but that doesn't define me as a person. And that was like an entire thing that I went through, through writing all of the lyrics to this album. And it was just an incredibly cathartic uh time I got it all out on paper and it was so important to my healing process I remember we got uh the album cover two weeks after my accident had happened and I saw the album cover and it was so perfect Eleron Cantor did it and he's a fucking incredible artist and uh I just started crying because it was kind of like okay there's here's the pillar of light in the darkness of what I'm going through right now and it it just led into the whole thing. So yeah, I mean, I think that when things like that happen in our lives, we can kind of choose to uh, go the neg way and, and harp on it and let that define who we are as people for the rest of our lives. Like this bad thing happened to me, or we can take the other path of positivity and learning and growing from our experiences. And that's really what I've tried to do. So all of the confidence and, and, all of that stuff that you're saying, it, it just comes from, I think, choosing the, the positive pathways in life as opposed to letting my existence become one of harping on bad things that have happened. Yeah. yeah. We're just so, so happy that...
2: So that- Exactly. We're just so happy that you're you're okay, and that you're here to tell Thank that s- of of course, and just here to tell that story. And you chose that positive route because it is so easy, and we've seen it amongst so many, not only friends, but friends within music who just let that darkness overwhelm them, and it's so sad every single time. So the fact you're able to see that light and that positivity, it, it makes me very happy, as I know it does for Tori. So we're just we're glad that you are here and that everything is okay, and this this music came out of it too. I mean, that's that's pretty badass in itself.
1: Hell yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it's, it's the, it's, thank you. It's the thing that I'm most proud of uh, this far in my artistic career. So thank you very much. And I'm just excited to roll it out.
0: Yeah. And this is such a uh, poetic segue, if you will, to my next question here, because... (laughs) You know, just the female perspective and female experience comes with its own stories, like you're saying, and things that you integrate into your music and with metal still being, you know, it's a male dominated industry, whether we like it Mm -hmm. or not. Still, um, there's a lot of those male voices out there. So you coming into the genre and sharing your own stories and perspectives, what do you think that the female voice is bringing to metal and how it's maybe shape shifting the genre over the last few years And what new perspectives do you think you're bringing to the table that um, could change the genre going forward?
1: You know, I think that, how do I put this? So I think that like, there is a different voice to femininity. There's a different, like you said, there's a different perspective that we bring to the table. Sometimes it's in an emotional way. And I really think that that's it. You know, women can kind of do every women can do everything that men do we just have a different perspective the way that we were the way that we've grown up is different it's a different life experience and i i think that what i bring to the table is just emotion and femininity and i it's just something that i can't like change or explain about myself but it's definitely there um i just think that what women are doing to change the industry is just Adding women to it, bringing a new perspective—it's—it's it's just a different thing. And the more women that we can get into it, the more that it's going to kind of turn in that way. Um. Yeah, I just—I I guess I don't really know how to explain the the different thing that women bring, but it's just—it—it's kind of like a—I don't know. Yeah, it's just a different sense of aggression. It's a yeah. different sense yeah. of emotion. It's a different sense yeah. of sadness and happiness and just a new perspective. And that's that's really what we're bringing into it.
0: I'm so glad you also mentioned a different kind of aggression, because I think that may be something that gatekeepers of the genre would say, oh, no, we don't want women in here. We want the yeah. male angst. <laughs> so it's so true, though. Women do bring a completely different kind of uh, <laughs> anger and, and emotion and feeling into the genre. That is such a good way to put it because we got it, too, for sure.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it just goes without saying that our experiences in the world are different. So uh, it's even beyond women. It's like any new voice that we can yeah. get into the genre brings something different. It, Any new perspective, I think, expands a genre, expands the the thing. So mm-hmm. so that's what I see happening. And it's amazing to see, I must say, because, you know, like I said, I've been playing metal for 20 years. So I feel like I've been watching an explosion of women coming into the genre an explosion of people being even more accepting than they were when I was a kid of women being in the genre and it's almost becoming more of a norm it's not as questioned as it once was and that's just really the most beautiful thing for me to see because I I just I fucking love having more women involved in this it's it's awesome (laughs) and it gives me more women to hang out with on tour which is awesome as well hell
2: yeah yes
1: (laughs) It's
2: been so incredible for us just learning about you as the strong badass behind Entheo. So thank you so much for sharing just everything with us up to this point. Uh, But one thing I would love to hear more about is your strong disdain for people putting corn and tuna on pizza.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so that's a European thing. So um, sometimes in European catering, they will bring you a bunch of pizza, right? And on the last tour we did in Europe, in particular, they brought us a corn and tuna pizza. Nope. I was just like, this is literally <laughs> fucking disgusting. I'm from Iowa. It's the corn state. I'm way right. down for corn and tuna is fine, but the two of them together on a pizza, it's just like, it's kind of like the antithesis of pizza. You <laughs> know, It's like not... <laughs>
0: I mean, I, I think that's gonna I shut guess. down all the pineapple arguments. Just you you one upped it. <laughs> that's
1: what I thought. I was wondering for when real? I saw that going around, like the the pineapple on pizza is not what we should be worried about. It's <laughs> right. really, it's tuna.
2: What is, what is the take on pineapple on pizza? This can you make know, or I, break this interview. No I'm kidding.
1: <laughs> well, I'm a sucker for sweet and salty together, so I like pineapple on pizza. Me I'm down too, for it. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> i've no never comment. found anything wrong with that
2: that's like my go-to actually and i'm not ashamed to say it
1: whoa okay bold my go-to know, is right? my go-to is mushroom i'm that's I'm a sucker to. for mushrooms
0: how about you tori yeah i i can't say i'm on the pineapple train but i will join you on the mushroom train
1: there we yeah. go Fair. we yeah, all yeah. love mushrooms so we meet in the middle we we'll meet in the middle <laughs>
0: Well, um, last but not least, to end our interviews here on She's With The Band, we have a most jaw-dropping segment where we have four questions we ask every guest. Yeah. Uh, so Alicia and I are going to bounce between these. First one being, what is the most jaw-dropping experience you've ever had at a live show?
1: Oh, my God. <laughs> you must have so many. Uh, yeah, I can't even... She's like, which one? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I can't think of what off the top of my head jaw-dropping moments at a live show. I mean, every moment at a live show is jaw-dropping to me. It's like, you know, uh, playing in front of people, having people freak out, watching some of my favorite bands. Uh, I, I don't know. I can't answer that in fair. Uh, <laughs> I just can't do it. Every live show has something jaw-dropping that happens about it. I'm going to be honest. Yeah, I don't I don't know.
2: That's the most humble answer <laughs> you could
1: have given, hands down. Like, just <laughs> just being here is jaw-dropping for me. It really <laughs> is. I mean, I honestly, you know, talking about, since in this conversation we've been talking about how I've been playing music for 20 years, the most jaw-dropping yeah. part is just still being around and still playing music and still going to shows it. and still loving it honestly, more than I did when I was 13. I never expected that to happen. But I just fall more in love with the genre every year. So it's, yeah, it's all great.
0: And if anything, you've just sold me on the Entheos live show experience, knowing that something jaw-dropping happens at every Every single
1: show.
0: So yeah, and
1: now you guys have to go and experience the jaw-dropping moments for yourselves.
2: We can't wait. (laughs) Consider me in. Hell yeah. (laughs) Well, next up, this is going to be fun to kind of reflect on. Most jaw-dropping misstep early on your career and the lessons that you learned from it.
1: Most jaw-dropping misstep, huh? I would, I mean, I'm going to go back to the finances and just say not knowing how to juggle any of that stuff and getting supremely in debt and then, uh, learning from all of that or just, just every aspect of being, um, in a starter band. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess I've just, it's all a learning process. This whole band thing is like, You learn something new every day yeah it never ends it never ends it truly what do you think
0: was the most valuable lesson you learned from going into debt early on in the band where you're like oh i would definitely not do that again and i would maybe try this instead if i was starting you know if you were starting the band over again
1: um the most valuable lesson i would say never order merch beyond your means um I don't know if I would have signed to a label as quickly as we did because we signed to a label like two months after our band started. So I think was, that I'm,
2: it was that early on. Wow. It,
1: it was super early on. And I don't think that I would have done that. That's something that I learned. I would have gotten more savvy with finances really early on and not, you know, just kind of gone with the flow. Um. So yeah, I, I think I would have been a little more serious about the money aspect from the beginning because I think at the Mm -hmm. beginning I was a little more like the person you're seeing now is a person who's been built through trials and and triumphs you know it's like I think that I just would have tried to pay more attention to that stuff from the beginning and the debt just taught me that from now on the band has enough money to do everything that we do otherwise we turn it down or we just don't do it that's that's really what I learned. A lot of tour offers can look really, really pretty until you start to like to calculate the numbers and figure out how far into debt you're actually going to go. So I think I would have paid a lot more attention to that stuff from the beginning and just had my ear to the ground more.
0: It's so true, though, because I can imagine when you're two months into a band and you get an offer from a record label, though, you're just it's like so excited about it. You're like, oh, wow. Pot of gold. Diving. Exactly. It's exactly. Advice of, to be cautious. Don't get so excited just because someone's interested in you so early on. Good. Advice. Yeah.
1: I mean, and I think that's something to take throughout your career. Uh, labels and, you know, all of the like cool sparkly things that look awesome from when you don't have them once you get to them, like nothing changes, you don't stop being a DIY person just because you're signed to a label. It's awesome to have that. And I'm very grateful that we're, you know, we're now on my favorite record label in the entire world, Metal Blade. That's a fucking dream to me. It's huge, But yeah, it's amazing. And it's, it's just like, once you get all of those things, they're, they're great. Um, and they're victories, but you can't, lose the mindset of that DIY person. You can't stop working for yourself because it just gives you a a like bigger platform to be the DIY person on. Because if you stop working for yourself, no one else is ever going to care about you as much as you care about your own thing. So it's always important to keep that mindset and just keep, keep pushing forever. Don't think that just because you've reached a, a, the top of the mountain, there is really no top of the mountain.
0: Yeah. Yeah. True. And especially somebody being so ambitious, it's like, there's always more to be done. There's always things, and especially yes. when you see your band as your baby. So yeah. Right. Yeah.
1: It's also, you know, with I want to add to that, that it's important to keep in mind that none of those accomplishments are ever going to bring you happiness. That's something that you have to kind of find within yourself. So if you're not happy being in the band that you're in right now, getting signed to a label or getting a tour offer or any of that stuff isn't going to make you happier it's it and that's kind of what i mean by never reaching the top of the mountain like the mountain really just exists in your mind it's all Ooh. it's all just stuff
0: that's well put <laughs> <Dude>. <laughs> yes yes, <Of> course. yes. <laughs> and moving along here our next question most jaw-dropping female artists that you would love to work with
1: oh my god who do i want to work with i want to work with erica badu that would be the fucking dream mm-hmm. for me. I'm such a huge Eric Badu fan. Um Joni Mitchell, uh, but so someone who, I guess is more contemporary, Marissa Nadler. she is um an amazing Phenomenal. singer, yeah. i I'm so, so in love with Marissa Nadler's music. I saw her live a few months ago and was like in tears. she I would love to work with her. She's fantastic.
0: Great picks and diverse picks. I respect that. So if they're listening, you know, (laughs) if you're out here.
1: (laughs) If you're out there, I'm I'm waiting. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Totally.
2: Well, for our last question, the final cue, most jaw-dropping misconception about yourself that you wish people uh, understood?
1: Huh. I don't know. I think people might actually have the misconception that I only listen to technical death metal. But this isn't the most, this isn't the most jaw dropping thing that I wish people understood. I just don't really know. You never know how people perceive you. You know, I, I perceive myself as one thing, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I listen to all kinds of things. I'm open to all kinds of things. And, um, I'm, there's no aggression. Like, I'm not like an angry person (laughs) or any of that stuff. I just love, I'm a pretty positive person who fucking loves playing metal, I guess. But I don't know. Um, it would take me a while. I'm sure that later today I'll think of something much deeper. <laughs> yeah. And I'll be like, I should have said that. That's but... always the way. <laughs> totally is. Totally. Or just search <laughs>
0: yourself on Reddit real quick and be like, oh, those are some misconceptions. Yeah, oh, I right. found
1: them. Or maybe dad's do that. I don't know. <laughs> That's the rabbit hole. I will hole. never do that. I promise. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> That's. On a, if anyone out there is listening, do not read through the comments. Don't search yourself on Google or Reddit. It's Just,
2: scary. Yeah. yeah.
1: It's- I mean, like,
2: Speaking to that, just real briefly, I used to do that when I first started because we were teenagers when we all first started this. And it's this rabbit hole that can just get so far in your mind and put things in there that never was. So um, I guess just throwing in one final question for today, (laughs) Um, have you ever come across something about yourself online where you just think, oh my gosh, this this is wild. This is crazy. Even if it's like a little YouTube comment or something through Twitter, just anything that's caught you off guard a little bit.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, there have just been things that have caught me off guard for sure. I've seen things written about my friends that are just totally not true. I've overheard things at shows, people saying things about my friends in other bands that aren't true. So I, I can't think of anything in particular, but of of course those comments exist. I just think that, you know, the older I get, the more I'm trying to just not pay any attention to that shit because no none of those people would ever say something like that to you in real life it's true and and i have to stop and think like i i would never write something mean about someone on the internet and you have to like put yourself in their place like what kind of mind frame would you have to be in to want to like take tear down yeah. someone else in your day i think it says more about the commenter than it does about oh, the yeah. commentee yeah so yeah. so i mean they're, they exist. Of course, I've seen comments about myself. It's hard to not see them if you're on the internet and put yourself out there. It's just going to going to happen. Um, but yeah, I, I would say just try not to pay attention to that shit because all that really matters is you, your life, your own happiness and your path and staying true to yourself you're the only person who's ever going to know like the real, real you. So if you can go to sleep at night and you're happy with who you are, that's really what matters.
2: Those were the best yeah. parting words we could have asked for. <laughs> I know Slow yes. clap for that round, one. Of,
1: round of <laughs> applause. Beautiful. beautiful.
2: No, amazing. Well, thank you so much for coming on here, for being vulnerable, for opening up. It's been such a pleasure to be able to speak with you. So to everyone watching, this has been the lovely Chaney from Entheo. So thank you again for joining us today. And for yeah. and for everybody watching, this has been She's with the Band. Be sure to hit up notfest.com for more of our exclusive interviews. I've been Alicia Toot. And on behalf of my fabulous co-host, Tori Kravitz, we will see you all next week. Bye. Bye.
1: Peace out.